The Utah Jazz get a great outing from Boyan Bogdanovich. Contributions from numerous other spots. Win playing small and have won 10 straight road games. Remarkable. We're talking about it. Coming up on postcast. David Locke along with Ron Boone here from Salt Lake City. Jazz win in Denver tonight at Ball Arena. Their 10th straight road win. And let's just start there, Ron. 10 straight road wins. That's only been done three times in franchise history. And this franchise has won a lot of basketball games. And that's awfully hard to do. Tough to do. I mean, there's so many good teams in the NBA. Most teams play better at home. And it's just awfully difficult to do. I mean, first of all, you got to have a good team. Secondly, you catch teams uh, at the right times. So the Jazz have been able to do that on some occasions. But you're just playing a great brand of basketball. You know, so it's hats off to what the Jazz are doing right now. Uh, I thought the, the, the message we've talked about a lot this year is, is that everyone's got to sacrifice. And, and when you talk about that, to me, it's a very hard message to get across. It makes it sound like your players are complaining or that they're uncomfortable or that, that they want more. And But it, 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 it is the truth that they these guys are all capable of more than they're giving on a nightly basis. Tonight would be the example I'm going to use for the rest of the year whenever I talk about this. Because without Rudy Gobert and without Hassan Whiteset, the Jazz can't play the same game. They can't play their pick-and-roll game. We talked about it before the game started that Rudy's run 1,400 pick-and-rolls. There's no one else in the league that's run more than 1,200. And yet, so Donovan and Mike are not getting their same stuff tonight. Right. And you saw that their numbers weren't. So Boyan Bogdanovich plays a completely different game than any than anything we see out of him. He hits one three all night, and he has a remarkable night finishing with 36 points, 13 rebounds on 12 of 20 shooting. Yeah, he spends 40 minutes out there on the floor there as well. And that's a new uh, season high for him. He averages about just under 30 minutes a game. He played about 10 minutes more than he normally plays. But, uh, again, I totally agree with you, with you as far as him stepping up and showing us that he could carry a basketball team from time, you know, from time to time. And – he did all of that with, with, with 20 shots. But, again, the point you're making is that the Jazz realizing that they can play a dif- different style and be effective. All right, what's more impressive to you on Boyan Bogdanovich? 36 points, 13 rebounds, or four assists? <laughs> I think what's that, the 13 rebounds is probably more impressive to me because I don't think he's he, – he's, it even worked as hard to be a rebounder all season long. I think the team has, re- has, has relied on Rudy Gobert to rebound for so long and so often that they, they think he's going to get most of the rebounds anyway, so they just don't – unless it comes to them, they don't really make an effort to get it. But you can see Boyan, one spectacular night with, with 13 rebounds. Well, if you get one from Rudy Gobert, he's very mad at you. So <laughs> yeah, okay. It's supposed to be mine, you know. <laughs> Here's the other one, Rudy Gay, and on Locked on Jazz this week, I got a bunch of questions about what's wrong with Rudy Gay, what's wrong with Rudy Gay. And I said, hey, there's two things going on with Rudy Gay, in my opinion. One is he's 35 years old, so some nights the body works and some nights it doesn't. The other thing is he's playing career-low minutes. He's taking career-low shots. He's got a career-low usage rate. Like, he, he's he got to figure out how he's going to feel and have a feel to being a part of the team and, and feeling engaged. Tonight... He goes up to 29 minutes. He's clearly a part of everything that's going on. He has seven rebounds. He played with two blocks, 18 points. He played with a juice level we have not seen out of him prior. Yeah, we saw some offensive rebounds with aggressively offensive rebounds he was able to get tonight. And and you're absolutely right about minutes, David. And and we we were wondering about Hassan Whiteside. Was he 
going to be able to make an impact on the ball game at the beginning of the year when, when he first joined the team, knowing that he was playing behind Rudy Gobert and Rudy was going to get 33 minutes a game. So was he going to make an impact with 17, 15, 17 minutes a game? It's the same with, with Rudy Gay. I mean, is he going to be able to make an impact within a short period of time out there on the floor? And and I think he's going to have to work his way into that because he's he's a guy that's been on the floor, you know, for quite a bit of time. And, and some guys need minutes and to, a lot of minutes to be effective. And then some guys can come out there and be effective. In short I mean, Rudy Gay took a big drop the last two years playing 21 minutes a night. It was as lowest he's ever played. He's only playing 18. And again, it, I always tell you this, like it sounds very little – when you drop from 21 to 18, except for the fact that it's 15%. Like if I told you, you got 15% less chalk dessert, you'd be bitter about that. And it's like going on a diet and these guys don't want to go on a diet. So like, you know, if you're taking two less shots and you're usually taking 10, that's 20% less. He's taking two less shots. He's usually taking nine. It's like 25% less. It feels a lot to these guys when that's going on. So this was important. I think this was also really important from a jazz standpoint, Ron, because honestly, that lineup with Rudy Gay in the center was bad. It was bad offensively. It was bad defensively. And the really big problem is, honestly, it was, it was bad offensively. They had not figured out how to score. This forced them to play it again and try to figure out how to make it work. And offensively, I thought it worked pretty well. There was a ton of mistakes that were made out there um, uh, defensively. And you could see that Donovan and, and Rudy Gay a number of times uh, talking to each other at, at walking off the floor during a timeout or something like that. I mean, those things can be worked out uh, because it's all about rotations. It's all about, in, in this case, they want to double Jokic, but they want to rotate out of it, you know, that type of thing, just knowing where to go and how to pick up you know, certain guys in your area. Uh, interesting question came in just a second ago. Let me see if I can find it. Here it is. Uh, you kind of talked about this during our broadcast. Donovan shooting more floaters than usual. Did it very well. Is it something we're going to see more often? Let's instead of entirely answering that, Ron, take me through what you saw to Donovan tonight. Well, what what I saw for him was that that three wasn't falling and, and he wasn't getting the looks probably that he's so used to, to getting. I thought defensively they, they may have been taking that away. I thought he rushed one three-point shot. But guys that good figure out, okay, this is not working. I can get into the paint. That mid-range game was, was, was working very, very good. I don't even think he took a, a three-point shot until late in – maybe in the fourth quarter. I know he didn't take one in the third, but he took one in, in the fourth. But he just, okay, if I'm going to help the team, I got to get into the paint. I mean, that's just smart basketball to me. And and I, I'm one of those guys that I like. I'm a, two, I'm, I'm a mid-range guy. And, and I like, and I'm glad to see him getting in there. Doak said he was nervous playing last year's MVP. Did a really good job. Even he hasn't played that much. That was about as miserable a, uh, he hasn't played. He, I don't think they ever anticipated him playing in this manner, so there wasn't like a ramp up to it. The G League's been shut down, so he hasn't had any chance to play, even if he was ready. He's going against the MVP who's about as crafty as they get, and he's playing at altitude and looked like he might throw up on the floor like four minutes into the first and third quarter because he was so out of breath. Uh, Those it, lungs don't expand right. very much. <laughs> so I thought, you know, I don't know if he played well or not, like from an analysis of a scouting standpoint. I just think that was as tough a job as anything. And actually, I think the key thing is that without Doak playing 16 minutes tonight, we probably don't win. We didn't have 48 minutes of center tonight. And Quinn Snyder and the coaching staff had to find a way to get to 48. Eric Pascal flying in today after the birth of his son. Rudy Gay, you're not going to want to push him to 30. He was pretty darn close tonight. 
So you, you didn't have 48 minutes of center. Doak gave you 15 minutes. They found a way to survive those minutes. And, and Quinn brought him back in in the fourth quarter. I think he played 30 minutes. I mean, three minutes or like two and a half minutes or something like that. Quinn needed minutes, a few minutes out of him. They put him back in the ball game and just enough to uh, get his rotation the way he wanted it and have certain guys out there on the floor. But I don't know how valuable those minutes were as far as uh, production out there on the floor, but it was valuable as far as uh, keeping guys at, at certain minutes and, and just giving you guys a rest. I want to give you a little credit. I want you to explain the, the offense wasn't great the first half. It was having some issues. Um, you were harping on something the entire broadcast. Mike Wells reiterated at halftime. Take us through what the Jazz changed. They got 31 points in that second quarter, so they changed it a little bit in the second. Then they they really explain in the in the third what they did differently against the the cutting uh, I, I, against the switching defense. I, I'm a believer in in the type of offense, and we call it some some coaches call it a motion offense. Some coaches call it a passing game. Back when I played, we call it a passing game. And and with cutters and, and backdoor plays, uh, and, and you screen away, you know, that type of thing, instead of coming and screening on the ball all the time. And I, and I thought if the Jazz would use that type of offense it, with the cutters, I mean, you take a defender with you, now you got something going away in, in that type of thing. It was just a way of, of executing your offense differently you know with teams that switch one through five and and uh, i thought the jazz did a very good job of that now whether that was something the jazz just walked into or they started to do or if it's something they worked on i was very impressed with that i'll leave you with two thoughts from a nugget standpoint nikola Jokic is incredible Awfully the good. fact that this team is 18 and 18 behind with him is amazing 26 21 and 11 tonight the other thing i actually think maybe the biggest absence of the night on either side was mike malone I think he's the soul of the Denver Nuggets. Maybe more, maybe more than they, he should be. But without him on the sideline, I think it really hurt them uh, tonight. The way it would hurt us without Quinn. So uh, that is your uh, postcast tonight. Locked on Jazz will come to you from some parking lot somewhere tomorrow morning, depending where the powder's the best. Have a good one. See ya. <laughs>